Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. I hope you've had a great week so far. Today's guest is Justin Noakes, Director of Emergency Preparedness at HEB, a supermarket chain headquartered in San Antonio, Texas. HEB was recently rated the number one grocer in America. It has over 420 stores and more than 145,000 employees. The company is well known for its exceptional service and low prices and prides itself on its spirit of giving. They're always on the front lines of disaster response, hunger relief, and unwavering support in the communities they serve. In this episode, Justin reveals how HEB prepares to support its business, its partners, and all Texans through any emergency. Let's listen in. Justin, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, Peter. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to chatting with you today. Excellent. Well, to start, can you give us just a high-level overview of your emergency preparedness at HEB and just how your team operates? The Emergency Preparedness Department at HEB, we're really a group of three from an organizational perspective. But whenever a disaster does strike Texas, it's really all of HEB who gets involved. Whenever we activate our Emergency Operations Center, we have a group of people who come in who are experts in their role, who help bring the communities back together, who help respond to the disaster But overall, it's the entirety of HEB that comes together during a crisis. Do you think that's unique because of the business that you're in? Or could any organization out there emulate that? Yeah, I think it's it's somewhat unique in that our approach is more holistic and it's more community-based. But there are companies out there who are starting to look at the model. They understand the importance of bringing their business back online quickly. And they understand the importance of having the experts in place and pre-identified. So I think the model is starting to take off within the private sector. But I think the execution side of it is kind of what makes HEB stand out from maybe some of our competitors. Well, what kind of threats does HEB prepare for and then respond to? And how have those evolved over the years? Yeah, I think the threat seen across the state of Texas is certainly one that's continuously evolving. You know, you have your classic natural disasters such as hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, things of that nature that continue to be a threat to HEB today as well as the state of Texas. But the threat profile and the threat horizon really is growing in the state for more of man-made type disasters. Active shooter, for example, is a big part of what we're working on today. Water availability, the electrical grid, which obviously exposed itself during winter storm URI a couple years ago. So the threat continuum continues to be very much heavy from a mother nature perspective. But it is growing from the man-made disaster perspective as well. Yeah, and your footprint's growing too. So you're just exposing yourself to a lot more issues when you continue to extend that reach. Yeah, we're definitely moving into North Texas. And I think that also increases your, your risk profile. We do have stores in Lubbock now, which is a little bit different risk profile because of now you have winter weather year round versus just every now and then. And you have dust storms and things of that nature, which really make a big difference in the way that you prepare for disasters. Well, you talked about it before, and I'd love to dig in a little bit deeper, but what do you really think sets HEB's approach to emergency management from other organizations? What sets you guys apart? Yeah, I really think it's who we are as an organization, as a company. We're really Texas-based. We've been in business since 1905, and I think that 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 really makes us a part of the community. And so our focus is really on our employees, which we call partners, and we call them partners because they really are a part of who we are as a company. 
we also understand the role we play in our communities. And so when you provide food for half the people in the state of Texas, I really believe that it's a responsibility to be prepared for natural disasters. People rely on HEB to feed their families. They rely on HEB for prescriptions and pharmaceuticals and things of that nature, fuel for their vehicles. And so whenever you have that responsibility within your community, it's personal. And so I think what really sets us apart from other companies is we do take it from a personal perspective. It is families helping families. It's Texans helping Texans. And so it really does reflect in the way that we respond to disasters. Well, I mean, essentially, you're a source of life for the community. Without HEB or grocery stores in general, especially during a disaster, it's very hard for people to exist. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think one of the things that really has exposed itself over the last couple of years is a reliance on the grocery store. In generations in the past, people would necessarily or would have gardens at their home. There'd be farmers markets, there'd be other sources of food, but really we become very reliant on on the grocery store. And I think since COVID, one of the things that's really exposed itself is the just-in-time nature of food. So we're used to going to the grocery store, shopping for that day or tomorrow, but with COVID really putting our supply chain at risk, what we're seeing now is the really the need for grocery stores to be open more than ever. And I think it's something that's going to continue to be that way as we experience some of the supply chain challenges we've been having. Yeah, that could be a whole other episode that we have just talking about how you responded to that because it, the supply chain is just unbelievable these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Can you tell us more about HEB's spirit of giving and how that plays out for you and your team? Yeah, I think we talked a little bit about it and like who we were from the way we respond to a disaster. But the spirit of giving is really something that each and every HEB partner has and I think feels as being a part of that bigger, that bigger effort, that bigger part of the community. So it's more than selling groceries. It's more than making sure that you're open for the public during times of disaster. It's part of being a part of the family of HEB. It's part of knowing that you're there to provide that critical substance for your community it's part of being the solution to a lot of problems that occur uh, whenever a disaster does happen. So looking at our, our employees and the fact that we do call them partners, it really is a part of the spirit of giving and something that we're very proud of. And you can tell every time you go into a store, I, I know when I go in, if I need something, everyone from the, the store manager on down is willing to help me, like literally walk me to the aisle where I, I can find the item I'm looking for or whatever help I need. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it's our neighbors. And so we, we live in the communities where we operate. And so the owners of the company, the leaders of the company, the store people, the, the warehousing partners, everybody works in the communities where we operate. So it's a sense of family. Well, let's get into some specifics of your emergency planning. With so many stores covering such a large geography, how do you go about monitoring potential threats that could impact them? Yeah, I think that's a key to success and something that we continually work on and try to refine and try to evolve. You know, one of the, one of the biggest success factors we have is, is using the alert media tool uh, with a new threat intelligence capability. We're really leveraging that to be able to make sure that we understand what's going on across the state of Texas and even with our stores in Mexico. So whenever there is something that may disrupt our business, having that tool available to us to give us that early uh, heads up that something may be occurring really is a really is important to the way that we respond. And so I'd say technology tools like that, as well as being able to get feedback from our partners who work in our stores and work in our distribution centers, as well as our truck drivers, is a key success factor. Fantastic. 
Well, can you tell us about a real-world emergency and how HEB recovered? There's lots of those examples out there that we can definitely pull from. But one that's kind of been top of mind for, for me today is the shooting in Uvalde. Such a tragic event for the state of Texas as well as the HEB family. And I can remember it was actually Alert Media that notified HEB that the shooting had occurred in Uvalde. And so that early notification, it really allowed us to stop what we were doing, focus on what was occurring, making sure that our store was safe and that every precaution was being taken to make sure that the partners and the customers in our store were in a safe position, as well as continue to follow the incident as it unfolded. And it was just a, it was a very tragic event for the HEB family, but the alert media tool really allowed us to make sure that we were able to uh, respond quickly to take care of our partners and our customers in the store, as well as activate the emergency capability of HEB to respond to uh, the shooting in Uvalde. Yeah, that was an absolutely horrific incident that occurred. But uh, I know we've talked before about how you feel about the importance of reaching out and checking in on your employees during any kind of incident. I think what's important is when your partners are your number one priority during a disaster event is being able to make sure that all of their needs are taken care of and that they're safe first and foremost. And so having a tool to be able to reach out and say, hey, are you okay? Is there something that we can help you with? Is there some way that we can assist you in getting back on your feet really is a key success factor for us. Goes back to that spirit of giving, goes back to uh, why HEB is very family oriented because it does allow us to take care of our partners, allows us to take care of our customers, allows us to open up our stores quickly to take care of our communities. And the only way you can do that is to make sure that your partners are taken care of first and foremost. And so being able to say, hey, are you okay? Is there anything that we can assist with is a key part of that success factor. Yeah, that's great. Well, historically, HEB has been pretty instrumental in helping communities recover from natural disasters. So can you tell us a bit more about that? You know, one of the things that goes back to what role does HEB play in disaster response and disaster recovery within the state of Texas and providing food and prescription services, fuel for half the state of Texas. Uh, one of the things that we learned early on is having our stores open is, is a key part of that success. And so doing everything that we can do to make, store, make sure our stores are open late to be able to provide support supplies and product for people, for example, during a hurricane, and then getting them open as quickly as possible after after a disaster is a key part of that success. We call it last to close, first to open at HEB, and it really is a mantra that we live by. And so by having that, having those key commodities and those critical supplies available to our customers really does allow them to recover as quickly as possible it also provides some uh, level of normalcy to the community as they try to recover from a disaster. And so being able to have our stores open really helps with that. And then being able to come in and provide food to our first responders or to those returning to a disaster area is kind of a part of our key success factor as well. Through our mobile kitchens, through the food banks, through local charity organizations, how can we reach out and how can we make sure that HEB is taking care of those communities? And it's no small task. I remember when Harvey happened, Hurricane Harvey, and I was trapped in Houston and you literally couldn't get a truck into that city. And it's a massive city and literally nothing could get in. So to have to 
see what you could do to scrounge resources, coordinate people, coordinate efforts to keep those stores open was just a Herculean effort. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, um, if I look back on Hurricane Harvey, it's surely one of the largest physical disasters that we've ever had to deal with. And it goes to being able to do whatever what you can do with the resources that you have. And so being able to open up our stores quickly with power, with product in those areas was critical for us as well as a Houston community, because it allowed what, you know, there were people who were stranded, who weren't able to get out of their neighborhoods, who relied on those community stores to be able to not only provide the product that they needed, but some of them were a a refuge of last resort. And so being able to make sure that we're able to support that is is a part of our plan and is a part of our uh, response capability. What are some of the goals for your emergency preparedness department and how do you plan to level up your program in the coming months and years? Yeah, I think number one goal is always take care of the health and safety of our partners. And so whenever we look at anything in any of our processes and any of our procedures, response capabilities is how do we make sure that our employees are safe during a disaster, make sure that they're prepared for disasters, both at work and at home. And so I think that Our focus over the last year, especially with COVID, COVID kind of pushed our comfort level to really reach out to make sure that our employees were taken care of personally at their homes. And so not only is it important that they know what to do when a disaster or an emergency incident strikes at work, but it's also important that they know what to do whenever they have a disaster at their home. And so that education process, that equipping them with the information that they need to be successful is a big part of our, our success factor. But also focusing on some of the emerging threats in the community is really what we're looking forward to, as well as uh, making sure that we continue to be excellent in those areas that, uh, that we continue to face every year. With your employee base, 145,000 plus people, a lot of folks are hourly. You've got people who bag groceries, cashiers, stock shelves. How do you get them to take emergency preparedness seriously? I think the key to being relevant to your employees as it relates to emergency preparedness is uh, making it manageable for them. And so how do you give them information that's digestible and how do you give them information that is doable? And so a lot of times I think that uh, we look at emergency management as we have one shot to try to educate our population, our employee base, our communities when really a consistent feeding and caring and nurturing of your employee really is the best approach from my perspective. So giving them slight bits of information on, on how to prepare their home, whether it be from a hurricane or whether it be from a flood or a winter storm, and how to ensure that they're, how do you build a kit? And how do you build a kit with things that you might have at your house? Uh, I think one of the th- unique things that we've taken this year is, is how to do a no-cost Uh, emergency preparedness. So a lot of times, you know, we ask you to go buy a kit and we ask you to prepare with with food and things of that nature. But how can you prepare your home and how can you prepare yourself for a disaster at very minimal cost? We've got to be, we got to be conscientious of the cost perspective associated with getting prepared. But I think manageable, manageable pieces of information, consistent feeding and caring is important for, for our disaster plan. And do you think some of these disasters that have happened in Texas recently, like Hurricane Harvey or the winter storm that we had, Snowmageddon, like, does that help people realize, you know what, this really could happen again and I need to be better prepared? Yeah, I think since 2017, whenever we had Harvey, we were lucky. I think we were very blessed in the state of Texas that 
uh, we hadn't had more disaster incidents. And then in 2017, it, it feels like that we've had something almost yearly, whether it be the pandemic or whether it be Harvey or whether it be Winter Storm Uri. So this consistent and continuous threats and disasters and emergency incidents have really reinforced the need to be more resilient personally. I think if you layer on top of that some of the man-made disasters and issues that we've been working on, such as some of the civil unrest, such as some of the protests and things of that nature, it just amplifies the need for personal preparedness. And so as the threat landscape increases, we've got to look at it holistically and you've got to look at it from an all-hazards approach. It's not just a weather thing. It's not just a hurricane season thing. It's something that can happen year-round. So being prepared year-round really, I think, is now starting to resonate with Texans and, and certainly with HEB partners. Well, as you think about all your hard-earned wisdom from the many years you've been doing this, do you have any valuable lessons learned that you can share with your peers in emergency preparedness? Yeah, I think, I think one of the things that really kind of stands out for me is as an emergency professional, emergency management professional, we've really got to look at threats and we've got to, we've got to not discount them whenever we see them. And I think a good example of that is whenever we were preparing for COVID-19, we were blessed early on to have access to some of the things that were going on in Europe, specifically Italy and Germany, because we have product that comes from those countries. And so we were able to get some insight on what was going on early on, late in 2019, early 2020. And one of the things that we saw was the run on toilet paper. And, and the big joke, and some people say it was a joke, some people say it wasn't, right, is we saw in Italy the actual run on toilet paper, and we saw people buying toilet paper, panic buying, and we saw stores uh, really starting to struggle keeping toilet paper in stock, and we, and we kind of discounted that. And so it was something that we thought was an anomaly to that specific area. We never understood why they were panic buying toilet paper. But sure enough, it came to the U.S. and it came to Texas and H-E-B. So I think the lesson learned from that is, although some of these things may be hard to believe, as an emergency management professional, we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to the communities we support to look at everything and evaluate it for what it truly is and make sure that we're not discounting it just because it's unbelievable. Because some of the things that have occurred over the last five years have truly been unbelievable and so we've got to be prepared for those, just the same as we are the, the more likely disasters, such as hurricanes, which we, which we continuously work on developing. So just take things, not necessarily face value, but continue to look into them and make sure that we're, we're working on everything that needs to be worked on. And that's tough to do. And there's a couple of reasons behind it. One is it's just hard to see those patterns if you've never seen them before. You don't recognize it. You just tend to dismiss it. But two... If you go into the boardroom and start talking about the toilet paper shortage, like people are like, what? What are you talking about? How do you get people to take that seriously? Yeah, I think uh, that's one of the challenges also, because we actually did that. We actually went into the boardroom and we actually talked about COVID, you know, the threat of COVID. And I think what we have to do is have to reference what's occurring in some of the more developed countries. So one of the blessings that we had, like as I, did, as I mentioned, was access to what was going on in Italy. And Italy is a very developed country. And so we have to be able to say, here's what's going on in these developed countries similar to the United States. And there is a very similar correlation code that could occur in the U.S. if the virus were to come to the United States. 
And so we actually tabletopped what that looked like. And I think whenever we were able to do the tabletop, whenever we said, hey, if this thing were to come into either Houston or Chicago, and then if it were to come into the state of Texas, and then if it were to come into HEB, here's what the impacts would look like, and here's what things would, here's how they would affect our business and how they would affect our customers and our communities, then it makes it a little more relevant. And so whenever you talk about people in China or people in Italy buying toilet paper, I don't think you can draw a correlation. But whenever you take that and you tabletop it and you put it to relevant terms within your organization or within your community, then people can see that and people can understand it and it's a little easier to grasp. And so I think it's important to draw those correlations. And you talked about just-in-time inventory before and just-in-time production processes, all those things. It seems like as a society, we're stronger because of that, but also weaker if anything interrupts that just-in-time process. We don't have the buffers that we used to. With you guys carrying so many products in your store, you must have like a very sensitive feel into where you might see a disruption. Do you ever work with like local government agencies to share those signals with them? I don't think we've seen the end of product shortages. I think we'd all like to say, hey, we've seen the last product shortage or we've seen this. But what we've seen is this ripple effect. Because as you've indicated, we worked for 20 years to get just-in-time inventory. We didn't want as much product in our warehouse. We wanted to have product come to the shelf at the store just in time, come to the warehouse just in time. And as you indicated, what we found is any little disruption within the supply chain caused a ripple effect within the company that resulted in product being unavailable on the shelf. And so how do we find the happy balance between what that looks like from an inventory perspective, as well as making sure that we have the product where the customer needs it? We're seeing such a diverse, a diverse challenge with product, whether it's the tin that the cans are made of, or whether it's one of the, the core ingredients of product, or whether it's the shipping container that the product rides on. So there hasn't been a really easy way to identify the next wave of product shortage, if that makes sense. Now that we can see that things are happening and disruptions are occurring, we can watch and start see if these things are occurring overseas or if they're occurring in different markets and be able to react faster to those. Yeah, well, I think the, the lesson learned there is just be as sensitive as possible to all that information and consider it. Don't ignore anything. Well, looking ahead at 2023, what threat trends do you see on the horizon that preparedness leaders should be planned for? I think with the increased number of people moving to Texas, as well as the strain that we've seen on our infrastructure over the past three years specifically, water availability, the electrical grid is two areas of concern that, that we have as a company, making sure that those resources are available for not only our business, but for our customers. And we've seen an increased number of boil orders in our communities, which I think is a direct reflection on the strain that's being put on the water infrastructure as well as the electrical infrastructure within the state of Texas. And so how do you prepare for that? How do you prepare for the time whenever we may not be able to uh, have enough water to support our communities and our stores? Uh, and how do you start now? Although that's a long-term and it feels like a long-term problem, I think it's one of those that we need to really get in front of. Because I think, if anything, Winter Storm Uri really showed us how vulnerable and potentially exposed we are to uh, critical infrastructure failures, both water and electrical. So those will continue to be top of mind for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like the signals are there between URI and then the boil water notices. I mean, it's something you got to watch out for. Start planning, maybe put more of a buffer in your just-in-time inventory systems, yeah, everyone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think it's one of those things where we've got to look at it from a 
a municipality perspective and make sure that we have uh, the right focus on on what we need from a just a larger a larger theater of operations. Excellent. Well, Justin, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm a huge fan of you and your team and your organization. And it was great to hear what happens behind the scenes at HEB. Yep. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Excellent. Well, where can our listeners connect with you if they have any follow-up questions? Yeah, I'd love to connect. I can be reached on Twitter or LinkedIn. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Justin. And thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. Please subscribe and follow the show if you haven't already. And don't forget to rate and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.